Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Spokesperson for the American College of Emergency Physicians. She's Dr. Lee. And the Dr. Lee Vinoker Show. Hi, and welcome back to the show. Uh, my next guest uh, did some interesting research, and it looked at gender reassignment surgery and uh, how that actually can be cost-effective related to health care costs. Dr. William Padula, who is a health economist and assistant professor of health policy and management at the John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Welcome, Dr. Padula. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Dr. Lee. So, you know, you think about this, and it's funny, before I, I did my ER residency, I actually was a urology resident. And, um, you know, we did in Detroit, there was one doctor who for the Midwest uh, was doing a lot of gender reassignment. And this is a long time ago. I don't even want to say to out myself for my age, but, and it was very expensive and, uh, you know, people were paying and coming from all over. And then for a long time, all these, uh, because it's quite, uh, extensive different surgeries. I mean, as a urologist, we did one part, then the pla- he was a plastic surgeon, he did the other part, and it's, it is very expensive. And healthcare, um, insurance companies hadn't been paying for a while. Is that true? Right. So, you know, up until recently, this has been pretty much an out of pocket expense for most patients, but in just the last few years, you've seen a lot of health insurance organizations begin to pick up coverage for uh, gender reassignment surgery and, and some of the long-term care uh, aspects of, of taking care of the transgender population's health. And would, is this, was this, you think, pressure, uh, you know, public right. uh, pressure? Do you think it was, did it have to do with the Affordable Care Act at all or... That's a good question. I think there is a lot of public pressure behind this. You know, you've seen uh, a lot of news stories about um, suicidality in this population. So obviously, uh, those sort of negative outcomes in, in transgender people have driven forward the issue of how do we take care of them and give them the, the care that's necessary to help them live and survive those uh, periods in their life of unemployment and suicidality and uh, seeking out dangerous alternatives. Um, to, uh, to to fulfilling their needs, getting gender reassignment surgery, um, and then in just the past couple of years, uh, it's really blown up with the government. You've seen the Department of Justice uh, make a ruling stating clearly that this is a necessary care for the, this population. So, um, in response to that, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services have decided to cover these. Uh, these gender reassignment services. But obviously, uh, having Medicare cover this doesn't really help much because um, it's it's an issue in a younger population. So it's really about getting coverage for gender reassignment surgery and a lot of student health plans at universities and, um, you know, in public school systems and and, uh, for the young employed people who um, maybe have a health insurance plan through their employer and need coverage in order to undergo these services. Hmm. Although Caitlin was a little bit older by the time Caitlin she... Caitlin was much older. She, <laughs> she is now... a very unique case in our, our study. Yeah. Now, um, but just to, to, so to clarify, because she hasn't undergone the surgery, so when you say 
the healthcare costs, cost effective. Are you, you're looking at everything. There's hormones, there's psychiatric evaluation and care. Is that everything or we're just talking exactly. specifically about the surgery? We, we calculated the cost of everything based on the prevalence that these procedures are undergone. So obviously we, we refer to it as the top and bottom surgeries for males and females to add or remove parts to undergo the full sex change. So we did cost calculations based on the prevalences of each of those procedures in the population because ultimately uh, the decision to undergo full sex transfer- transformation um, is, is still high risk in some cases. So um, people have to make their own decisions of whether to undergo the full sex procedures or undergo pieces of it. So we calculated those costs and um, thought about the impact of uh, how being quite expensive to undergo these surgeries, the long-term cost of, uh, of, of um, treating the transgender population for these medically necessary services um, is, is still much more reasonable than paying for the long-term consequences of not doing it because you see that in this population, uh, issues like suicidality and HIV are endemic in the transgender population, and obviously paying for those issues longer term over a five or a 10 year period um, or far outweigh the costs of uh, taking care of the surgical necessities or the hormone replacement uh, therapy for these people. So, and what approximately is the cost for the, the total cost, if you look at it for, and I'm assuming, you know, the psychiatric evaluation, the hormones right. and the um, maximum amount of surgery. <laughs> Sure. To get right down to it, um, if you're to if you're to cover them, pay for their insurance and pay for their psychiatric uh, or mental health evaluations and pay for the surgeries and hormone replacement therapies over a five year period, you're looking at about twenty thousand dollars in cost, um, and that escalates over ten years to thirty thousand dollars. Whereas not covering these people costs a little less. Um, you're looking at $10,000 in a five-year period or about $23,000 in a 10-year period. So it's actually slightly more expensive to pay for the transitional care. But when you think of the quality of life that that additional $10,000 investment gives you over a five- or 10-year period in, in, in the cases of avoiding uh, issues where these people are discriminated in the workplace, develop depression, have suicidal tendencies or have drug-seeking behavior that can risk overdoses or leading to HIV. You know, we, we believe in the health economic field that the additional $10,000 investment in a short period of time uh, far outweighs the, the consequences of those negative health outcomes. Hmm. And even if you looked at the um, long-term hormone cost, the drug cost, it's still... Uh, is less, say, over a 30- or 40-year lifetime because, you know, you're assuming by the time, you know, it's, it's not their whole Correct. life maybe. It, it still is less than paying for the HIV medicines uh, and the depression medicines or psychiatric admissions and things. Right. If, if all we looked at was the hormone replacement therapy as the one solution to this problem, then it would probably be cost-saving. 
but we didn't just look at that since we obviously looked at the total prevalence of all the other procedures that are included in the population. Mm -hmm. And doing all of these procedures, um, insurance companies do get a return on their investment within a lifetime. We're looking at over a 50 to 60 year period. So as these individuals mature, um, insurance companies are saving money as opposed to paying for the downstream consequences of managing uh, HIV, which is now a manageable disease, as we know, for mm-hmm. uh, to, throughout a person's lifetime when you look at people like Charlie Sheen now and Magic Johnson. Um, but the drugs for those conditions cost lots of money, and to have an insurance company paying for that costs a lot more than just the surgery or the hormone replacement therapy. Hmm. Yeah, so there's maybe a, a little bit of an upfront cost with the initial surgery, but then, you know, once it's into the hormone replacement, it, it, it is cheaper than everything Correct. else you're doing. That's interesting. Right. And then when you look at this from a standpoint of equity, other conditions like we're paying for these $100,000 a year cancer drugs. And uh, one interesting example of a small disease, chronic disease population is cystic fibrosis, where their drugs cost $300,000 a year. When we look at it from the standpoint of equity, you know, we're willing to pay very much money for those populations. And uh, you see in the transgender population that the costs are significantly less and the population is a smaller size. So as a society, we can definitely afford to pay for these people's health care. Well, I think it's good news and it is a medical necessity. That's what we have to pay attention to. So I want to thank my guest. This is the Dr. Levenoker Show. It's Health from the Outside In on Radio MD. Stay tuned into your health. 